Here we go. You are listening to Wednesday's Law and Gospel on this August the 11th in the year of our Lord, 2021. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and today we're going to be replying to an email sent to KFUO. And the people at KFUO asked me to respond to this email, and that's what we're going to be doing today. Uh, Here was what the email said. Hello, I am an LCMS member and elder, and then names the church in Texas. I befriended a new member who believes in Jesus as Lord and Savior, but subscribes to the Shepherd's Chapel and their heretical teaching by Pastor Dennis Murray. I'm not sure if you are familiar with his ministry. If not, please look them up. My friend swears by this bunk. Any help you can give will be most appreciated. And then it's signed. So I have to say, I was not well known in regard to this horrible teaching from Pastor Dennis Murray uh, and Shepherd's Chapel. So I did a little research and came up with some very interesting teachings that Arnold Murray teaches that are not not part of the Bible. For example, he does not believe in the Christian doctrine of the Trinity, namely one God existing eternally in three persons. We believe there are three real and personal relationships between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Murray denies the three persons of God claiming that they are merely three offices. Now, that's a heretical teaching that's even found in the early church. It's called modalism, M-O-D-A-L-I-S-M. And here's how he explains the Trinity. There's only one God but they appear in three offices. He likens this to a lady who says, to my husband, I am a wife. To my children, I am a mother. That's my office. To hundreds of third graders, I am their teacher. And I have been that down through the years. That's a different office. None of them the same, but I'm still the same person. I like that. It's simple and to the point. And that's what the Shepherd's Chapel teaches. So referring to Christ, Murray says, his spirit is holy and he is the Holy Spirit. Therefore, he is guilty of teaching the heresy of modalism, which states that Jesus is the Father, the Son, 
and the Holy Spirit. One person in three roles or modes. One of the accusations made uh, against Christianity by the followers of Arnold Murray is that Mr. Murray does hold to the eternal deity of Christ. But if you look at what he means by that, it's not talking about three persons of the Trinity with Jesus being the second person, but that from the beginning, he was the father, he was the son, and he was the Holy Spirit. In fact, Murray teaches, a wise man never discusses the Trinity. Now, I can understand why he would say that. Because the doctrine of the Trinity appears to be one of the most irrational teachings of the Christian church. There are three persons, but only one God. Now, where do we get that from? Well, we get it from the fact that all three persons appear at the same time, and yet they are distinctly three different persons. Uh, one example to give is at the baptism of Jesus. God the Father is speaking from the clouds. This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. Jesus is standing in the water, and the Holy Spirit descends from heaven to alight onto Jesus. Now, how can you understand that to be three different offices? No, those are three different persons. Not only does he have a false understanding of God, he also believes that human beings were once God who existed prior to living on the earth. Now, in Genesis 1.26, when it says, let us make man in our image, that's normally been understood to mean the persons of the Trinity, and therefore man is to be righteous. But Murray teaches that we're really referring to God and his children that existed before they were put on earth. And therefore, let us make that man that we're going to create in the Garden of Eden in our image, which means to look at the likeness that we are. He says, do you appear as your soul appeared in the world that was? God said, in our image, our likeness, and therefore human beings existed before Adam and Eve were created. This kind of follows the cultic meaning, by the way, of the Mormons. Murray declares that God is one man, our father. And like the oneness Pentecostal God, he has three offices he serves. 
There is also a distinction of persons in the Godhead who have personal relationships with one another, according to the Bible, which cannot be accounted for if they're all the exact same person. And we gave one example from the baptism. The Trinity is one of the major tenets of the Christian faith. And therefore, those who deny the Trinity are a cult and deviate from Christianity on this point. And Mr. Murray is no exception. Additionally, he teaches that God is not a man and angels and humans are not gods. Neither did man pre-exist with God. The Bible says that God created man on the earth, not in heaven, like he teaches. Christ, on the other hand, being the eternal son of God, who always existed with the Father, is the only man ever who pre-existed with the Father. John the Baptist, who was born before Christ, said that Christ existed before he did. That's in John chapter 1, verse 15 and 30. The Baptist statement can only be explained by affirming that Christ existed with God before his incarnation, and John the Baptist did not. Now, one of the implicit teachings of Mr. Murray is what we refer to as Anglo-Israelism. This is a teaching that believes that Anglo-Saxons are the chosen race and America and Great Britain are the lost tribes of the children of Israel. Murray claims that the northern ten tribes of Israel are the same tribes that later went north and populated Europe and North America. Attending to the theology of Anglo-Israelism, other races are inferior to whites, and usually the blacks and Jewish race are particularly stigmatized. Now, Murray says that he respects blacks and other races, but here's his understanding of the creation. He believes these races were the Adam created on the sixth day of creation in Genesis 1, while the Anglo-Saxons were another Adam created on the eighth day of creation. That's how messed up he is with Genesis. Therefore, he says, there's a definite distinction between whites and non-whites. And he promotes the literature of other Anglo-Israelism teachers. For instance, materials by E. Raymond Capt and J.H. J. H. Allen. Now, things get even worse. Another central teaching of Arnold Murray 
is the serpent seed doctrine. According to Murray, Eve had sexual intercourse with the serpent in the Garden of Eden. And Murray uses 2 Corinthians 11.3, where it says she was beguiled. And he interprets it to mean holy seduce. Hence, Murray claims the serpent sexually seduced Eve, who then became pregnant with Cain, the devil's literal offspring. Murray asserts that the offspring of Cain are called the Kenites. Now, this is really important to remember. Kenites are spelled K-E-N-I-T-E-S. He says they're not really a true race, but a hybrid, and thus seems to implicitly consider them to be less than human. He believes that many of the Kenites are Jewish based upon the seed. Murray says, we believe in an existing Satan who has a people who will not hear God. He, the context clearly state that these people are the children of the devil and are Jews. Murray believes that Jesus is referring to these particular Jews called Kenites as the literal offspring of Satan. Regarding the Jews, he writes, now who stands in Jerusalem today? The sons of Cain or those who will not accept Jesus Christ, the Kenites that founded a new nation starting in 1948. Arnold Murray refers to them as scum, S-C-U-M, and obviously makes the racial Jewish businessman remark when he states, if you want to get a Kenite upset, bother his money table. So the real questions the followers of Arnold Murray need to ask are, does Arnold Murray think that non-whites are equal to whites in every respect? Does he approve of interracial Christian marriages like the Bible does? The Bible does forbid a type of marriage between a believer and an unbeliever. But would Mr. Murray allow a black or a Christian of Jewish ancestry preach at his church, even take it over if he were to pass away? What does Murray think about the Jewish Holocaust in World War II? What does he think about the Nazis and the Ku Klux Klan? And these are questions that appear to be answered in that he favored the Nazis who believed there was a pure race to follow. And he, of course, favored the Ku Klux Klan who were against the blacks. What is the biblical view of the races? 
the fact is, in the New Testament, the Jews and the ten tribes of Israel are mentioned many times without any distinction made between them. Both Jesus and Paul were Jews. Since all New Testament Christians are God's chosen people, racial distinctions no longer matter. All humanity has sinned. And as William H. Baker states, the so-called races must be equal because sin is what produces undesirable traits, not race. Now you can begin to understand today why there are those who are against white people thinking that they're superior because of people like Murray who preach this nonsense. When we take a look at the Bible, when Jesus refers to the Jews, he can't be referring to them as the Canaanites. He was simply denouncing particular Jews for their unbelief as he and his apostles would denounce anyone as a child of the devil, Jew or Gentile, who did not believe in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was calling them children of the devil because of what they believed, not because of who they were. Additionally, Jesus was not making a blanket judgment on all or even on most Jews, but only on that small group of Jews because they were intending to kill him. And remember what was the last straw? Is the raising of Lazarus from the dead. So, they do refuse to believe in Christ. This seed of the serpents is not Cain and his literal offspring but only a figurative offspring. In other words, only those people, regardless of what race they belong to, who do not believe the gospel are the children of Satan because they follow their own sinful tendencies instead of accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Now, you know about the flood. Well, if Cain and his followers were the Kenites, were not they destroyed by the flood? And here's the teaching of Murray on the flood. The Cainites survived the flood. Murray misinterprets it, Genesis 6, verse 7. Instead of adhering to the plain meaning of the text, in which God says that he will wipe out all mankind, Murray claims that this phrase must be a figure of speech because he didn't wipe out all mankind because Noah and his family survived the flood. In the same context, however, the Bible states that the only exception to this flood would be Noah and his family. 
because Noah was a righteous man. He believed in God and trusted his promises. All the rest of humanity would be completely wiped out. And that's found in Genesis chapter 7, 19 to 23. Well then, how did the Cainites, how did they escape the flood? Here's what Murray says. Some Cainites actually managed to get on board of Noah's ark. Since Noah took two of every flesh, Murray concludes that he also took two Cainites on board. Remember, they're kind of like animals. They're not really human beings. But the Bible clearly affirms that Noah, his wife, his three sons, and their three wives were the only humans who survived the flood. In order to be true to Scripture, Murray must either conclude that absolutely no Cainites survived the flood or admit that he is a racist for believing the Cainites cannot really be considered as human. He appears to hold the latter by saying the Cainites are not a race, but a hybrid. And, and that's found on tape number 146. Most of Murray's heretical teachings come from a subtle misinterpreting of scripture. We talk about this a lot on Law and Gospel, how you need to understand the insight from which God is speaking. And a lot of times, this comes about by properly understanding the original Greek and Hebrew languages. But Murray manipulates the original Greek and Hebrew languages abuses the use of symbols and numerics, interprets scripture out of context, and makes use of selective citations. By emphasizing to his audience that he has the correct, almost secret meaning of the text that most scholars have ignored or overlooked, Murray can get a passage of scripture to mean almost anything he desires it to mean. He claims that the majority of Christians have been wrong from the beginning regarding their understanding of Scripture. Now, he commonly uses the King James English instead of examining the original languages whenever the English translation supports his view. But when the King James contradicts his view, he will attempt to support his view by means of a misunderstanding of the original languages. For example, in Genesis 1.28, he uses the old English word replenish to mean repopulate in order to support the widely distributed 
gap theory. What's the gap theory? This theory alleges that there was on earth an age of millions of years between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. Murray states that Adam repopulated the earth. However, the Hebrew word for replenish, which is malah, in all 306 times it occurs in scripture, simply means to fill, not refill. In fact, the Oxford English Dictionary demonstrates that replenish simply means to fill when the King James Version was translated. This is why Murray does not refer to the Hebrew of this passage, and it's just one of many examples of how Murray deliberately deceives his followers by withholding the truth from them. And we pray that you'll be very careful when taking a look at the teachings of Mr. Murray. Just read what he has to say and ask, where is that in the Bible? And you will find it's not in the Bible. I'm Tom Baker, and I've been happy to respond to the email writer who wants to know about Mr. Murray's teaching. And we need to be very careful that when somebody says, I have secrets from the scripture that only I know about, we're dealing with a false teacher. On tomorrow's Law and Gospel, we'll continue to speak on such issues as Wes Reimnitz and I, Tom Baker, deal with another issue. Until then, God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.